Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the world of Percy Jackson. In this episode we're going to read chapters 11 through 12 and in the previous episode we read chapters 9 through 10. And in the previous episode we had the group travel uh, to meet Bacchus who uh, in Greek form is better known as Dionysus or Mr. D, the director of Camp Half-Blood. They had some pretty interesting conversations with him and if you haven't checked that out, I... I um it would be great if you could you know go back to the previous episode which is the episode that we covered and yeah be sure to check that one out but basically what happened was after their conversation with bacchus uh they met gaia which was a very amazing um uh interaction and gaia ended up going very quick being very straightforward and very concise with what she wanted and she wanted one male de- uh, demigod and one female demigod um uh she immediately chose piper and then she asked piper to choose who she wanted to die with her and she didn't choose anybody and so gaia decided that it would be best to choose jason and now we need to see what's happening because currently we have Jason whose eyes are turn who whose eyes are um gold. Piper is um uh you know kind of in a fiasco right now. And Percy and Jason are now hypnotized to kill each other. So now we're gonna read chapter eleven to uh to see what exactly is going to happen between the two? If not for the horses, Piper would have died. Jason and Percy charged each other, but Tempest and Blackjack balked away long enough for Piper to leap out of the way. She rolled to the edge of the road and looked back, dazed and horrified, as the boys crossed swords gold against bronze. Sparks flew, their blades blurred, strike and parry, and the pavement trembled. The first exchange took only a second, but Piper couldn't believe the speed of their sword fighting. The horses pull away from each other, Tempest thundering in protest, Blackjack flapping his wings. Stop it! Piper yelled. For a moment, Jason heeded her voice. His golden eyes turned toward her, and Percy charged, slamming his blade into Jason. Thank the gods! Percy turned his sword, maybe on purpose, maybe accidentally. So the flat of it hit Jason's chest. But the impact was still enough to knock Jason off his mount. Blackjack cantered away as Tempest reared into confusion. The spirit horse charged into the sunflowers and dissipated in vapor. Percy struggled to turn his pegasus around. Percy! Piper yelled. Jason's your friend! Drop your weapon! Percy's sword arm dipped. Piper might have been able to bring him under control. But unfortunately, Jason got to his feet. Jason roared. A bolt of lightning arced out of his out of the clear blue sky. It ricocheted off of his gladius and blasted Percy off his horse. Blackjack whinnied and fled into the wheat fields. Jason charged at Percy, who was now on his back, his clothes smoking from the lightning blast. For a horrible moment, Piper couldn't find her voice. Gaia seemed to be whispering to her, You must choose one. Why not let Jason kill him? No! She screamed. Jason, stop! He froze his sword six inches from Percy's face. Jason turned, the gold light in his eyes flickering uncertainly. I cannot stop. One must die. It wasn't Jason. Whoever it was spoke haltingly. 
as if English was its second language. Who are you? Piper demanded. Jason's mouth twisted in a gruesome smile. We are the Eidolons. We will live again. Eidolons? Piper's mind raced. She studied all sorts of monsters at Camp Half-Blood, but that term wasn't familiar. You're... You're some sort of ghost? He must die. Jason turned his attention back to Percy, but Percy had recovered more than either of them realized. He swept out of his leg and knocked Jason off his feet. Jason's head hit the asphalt with a nauseating conk. Percy rose. Stop it! Piper screamed, but there was no charm speaking her voice. She was shouting in sheer desperation. Percy raised Riptide over Jason's t- chest. Panic closed up Piper's throat. She wanted to attack Percy with her dagger, but she knew that wouldn't help. Whatever was controlling him had all of Percy's skill. There was no way she could beat him in combat. She forced herself to focus. She poured all of her anger into her voice. Eidolon, stop. Percy froze. Face me, Piper ordered. The son of the sea got turned. His eyes were gold instead of green, his face pale and cruel, not at all like Percy's. You have not chosen, he said. So this one will die. Your spirit from the underworld, Piper guessed. You're possessing Percy Jackson, is that it? Percy sneered. I will live again in this body. The Earth Mother has promised. I will go where I please, control whom I wish. A wave of cold washed over Piper. Leo, that's what happened to Leo. He was being controlled by an Eidolon. The thing in Percy's form laughed without humor. Too late, you realize. You can trust no one. Jason still wasn't moving. Piper had no help, no way to protect him. Behind Percy, something rustled in the wheat. Piper saw the tip of a black wing, and Percy began to turn toward the sound. Ignore it, she yelped. Look at me. Percy obeyed. You cannot stop me. I will kill Jason Grace. Behind him, Blackjack emerged from the wheat field, moving with surprising stealth for such a large animal. You won't kill him. Piper ordered, but she wasn't looking at Percy. She locked eyes with the Pegasus, pouring pouring all her power into her words and hoping Blackjack would understand. You will knock him out. The charm speak washed over Percy. He shifted his weight indecisively. I will knock him out? Oh, sorry, Piper smiled. I wasn't talking to you. Blackjack reared and brought his hoof down on Percy's head. Percy crumpled to the pavement next to Jason. Oh, gods! Piper ran to the boys. Blackjack, you didn't kill him, did you? The Pegasus snorted. Piper couldn't speak hoarse, but she thought he might have said, Please, I know my own strength. Tempest was nowhere to be seen. The lightning steed had apparently returned to wherever storm spirits live on clear days. Piper checked on Jason. He was breathing steadily, but two knocks on the skull in two days couldn't have been good for him. Then she had examined Percy's head. She didn't see any blood, but a large knot was forming where the Norse had kicked him. We have to get them back both. Back, we have to get them both back to the ship, she told Blackjack. The Pegasus bobbed his head in agreement. 
He knelt to the ground so that Piper could drape Percy and Jason over his back. After a lot of hard work, unconscious boys were heavy. She got them, reasonably secured, climbed onto Blackjack's back herself, and they took off for the ship. The others were a little surprised when Piper came back on a pegasus with two unconscious demigods. While Frank and Hazel tended to pile Blackjack, Annabeth and Leo helped get Piper and the boys to the sickbay. At this rate, we're going to have to run out of ambrosia, Coach Hedge grumbled as he tended their wounds. How come I never get invited on these violent trips? Piper sat on Jason's side. She herself felt fine after a swig of nectar and some water, but she was still worried about the boys. Leo, Piper said, are we ready to sail? Yeah, but... Set course for Atlanta. I'll explain later. But... Okay. He hurried off. Annabeth didn't want to argue with Piper either. She was too busy examining the horseshoe-shaped dent on the back of Percy's head. What hit him? She demanded. Blackjack, Piper said. What? Piper tried to explain while Coach Hedge applied some healing paste to the boys' heads. She'd never been impressed with Hedge's nursing abilities before, but he must have done something right. Either that or the spirits that possessed the boys had also made them extra resilient. They both groaned and opened their eyes. Within a few minutes, Jason and Percy were sitting up in their berths and able to talk in complete sen- sentences. Both had fuzzy memories of, of what happened. When Piper described their duel on the highway, Jason winced. Knocked out twice in two days, he muttered. Some demigod. He glanced sheepishly at Percy. Sorry, man, I, I didn't mean to blast you. Percy's shirt was pepper- peppered with burn holes. His hair was even more disheveled than normal. Despite that, he managed a weak laugh. <laughs> Not the first time. Your big sister got me good once at camp. Yeah, but I could have killed you. Or I could have killed you, Percy said. Jason Jason shrugged. If there'd be an ocean in Kansas, maybe. I don't need an ocean. Boys, Annabeth interrupted. I'm sure you both would have been wonderful at killing each other. But right now you need some rest. Food first. Percy said, please, and we really need to talk. Bacchus said some things that don't... Bacchus? Annabeth raised her hand. Okay, fine. We need to talk. Mess hall. Ten minutes. I'll tell the others. And please... Percy, change your clothes. You smell like you've been run over by an electrical horse. Leo gave the helm to Coach Hedgigan after, uh, after making the satyr promise that he would not steer them to the nearest military base for fun. They gathered around the dining table, and Piper explained what had happened at Topeka 32. The conversation with Bacchus, the trap sprung by Gaia, the Eidolons that had possessed the boys. Of course! Hazel slapped the table, which startled Frank so much he dropped his burrito. That's what happened to Leo, too! So it wasn't my fault! Leo exhaled. I didn't start World War III, I just got possessed by an evil spirit. That's a relief. But the Romans don't know that, Annabeth said. And why would they take our word for it? We could contact Reyna, Jason suggested. She would believe us. Hearing the way Jason said her name, like it was a lifeline to his past, made Piper's heart sink. Jason turned to her with a hopeful gleam in his eyes. You could convince her, Pipes. I know you could. Piper felt like all the blood in her body was draining to her feet. Annabeth looked at her sympathetically as if to say, Boys are so clueless. Even Hazel winced. I could try, she said half-heartedly. But Octavian is the one we have to worry about. 
In my dagger blade, I saw him taking control of the Roman crowd. I'm not sure Reyna can stop him. Jason's expression darkened. Piper didn't get any pleasure from bursting his bubble, but the other Romans, Hazel and Frank, nodded in agreement. She's right, Frank said. This afternoon when we were scouting, we saw eagles again. They were a long way off, but closing fast. Octavian is on the warpath. Hazel grimaced. This is exactly the sort of opportunity Octavian had all, has always wanted. He'll try to seize power. If Reyna objects, he'll say she's soft on the Greeks. As for those eagles, it's like they could smell us. They can, Jason said. Roman eagles can hunt demigods by their magical scent even better than monsters can. The ship might, not con- might conceal us somewhat, but not completely. Not for them. Leo drummed his fingers. Great! Should have installed a smoke screen that makes the ship smell like a giant chicken nugget. Remind me to invent that next time. Hazel frowned. What is a chicken nugget? Oh, man. Leo shook his head in a massive... In amazement. That's right. You missed, like, the last, like, 70 years? Well, my apprentice, a chicken nugget? Doesn't matter. Annabeth interrupted. The point is, we'll have a hard time explaining the truth to the Romans. Even if they believe us... You're right. Jason leaned forward. We should keep going. Once we're over the Atlantic, we will be safe, at least from the Legion. He sounded so depressed, Piper didn't know whether to feel sorry for him or resentful. How can you be so sure? She asked. Why wouldn't they follow us? He shook his head. You heard Reyna talking about the ancient lands. They're much too dangerous. Roman demigods have been forbidden to go there for generations. Even Octavian couldn't get about that rule. Frank swallowed a bit of a bite of burrito like it had turned to cardboard in his mouth. So if we go there, we'll be outlaws as well as traitors, Jason confirmed. Any Roman demigod would have the right to kill us on sight. But I won't have to worry about that. If we get across the Atlantic, worry about that. Uh, they'll give up on chasing us. They'll assume that we will die in the Mediterranean, the mere nostrum. Percy pointed his pizza slice at Jace. You, sir, are a ray of sunshine. Jason didn't argue. The other demigods stared at the plates except for Percy, who continued to enjoy his pizza, where he put all that food Piper didn't know. The guy could eat like a satyr. So let's plan ahead, Percy suggested. Make sure we don't die, Mr. D. Bacchus. Do I have to call him Mr. B now? Anyway, he mentioned the twins in Ella's prophecy. Two giants, Otis and something that started with an F. Ephialtus, Jason said. Twin giants, like Piper saw in her blade. Annabeth uh, ran her fingers along the rim of her cup. I remember a story about twin giants. They tried to reach around Olympus by piling up a bunch of mountains. Frank nearly choked. Well, that's great. Giants who can use mountains like building bolt blocks. And what and you say Bacchus has killed these guys without a pine cone on a stick? Something like that, Percy said. I don't think we should count on this his help this time. He wanted a tribute. And he made it pretty clear it wouldn't be a, it would be a tribute we wouldn't we couldn't handle. Silence fell around the table. Piper could hear Coach Hedge above the deck singing, Blow the men down. Except that he didn't know the lyrics, so he mostly sang, 
Piper couldn't shake the, shake the feeling that Bacchus was meant to help them. The giant twins were in Rome. They, uh, they were keeping something the demigods needed. Something in that bronze jar. Whatever it was, she got the feeling it had the answer to see, sealing the doors for death. The key to endless, uh, endless key. The key to endless death. She also felt sure they could never defeat the giants without Bacchus's help. And if they couldn't do that in five days, Rome would be destroyed, and Hazel's brother Nico would die. On the other hand, if the vision of Bacchus offering her a silver, silver goblet was false, maybe the other de- decisions didn't have to come true either. Especially the one of her, Percy and Jason, drowning. Maybe that was just symbolic. The blood of a female demigod, Gaia has said, and the blood of a male. Piper, my dear, choose which hero will die with you. She wants two of us, Piper murmured. Everyone turned to look at her. Piper hated being the center of attention. Piper hated, maybe that was strange for a child of Aphrodite, but she'd watched her dad, the movie star, deal with fame for years. She remembered when Aphrodite had claimed her at the bonfire in front of the entire camp, zapping her with a magic beauty queen makeover. That had been the most embarrassing moment of her life. Even here with only six demigods, six other demigods, Piper felt exposed. They're my friends, she told herself. It's okay. But she had a strange set of feelings, as if more than six six sets of eyes were watching her. Today on the highway, she said, Gaia told me that she needed the blood of only two demigods, one female and one male. She... She asked me to choose which boy would die. Jason squeezed her hand. But... None of us, neither of us died. You saved us? I know. It's just... Why would she want that? Leah whistled softly. Guys, remember at the Wolf House, our favorite ice princess, Keon? She talked about spilling Jason's blood, how it would taint the palace for generations. Maybe demigod blood has some kind of power. Oh... Percy set down his third pizza slice. He leaned back and started nothing, as if the horse kick to his head had just registered. Oh, Percy said. Uh, uh, Oh, bad, he muttered. Bad, bad. He looked across the table at Frank and Hazel. You guys remember Polyboats? The giant who invaded Camp Jupiter? Hazel said. The anti-Poseidon you whacked in the head with the Terminus state? Yes, I think I remember. I had a dream, Percy said. When we were flying to Alaska, Polyboats was talking to the Gorgons. And he said, he said he wanted to take prisoner, taken prisoner, not killed. He said that one day I chained at my feet so I can kill him when the time is right. His blood shall water from the stones of Mount Olympus and wake Earth Mother. Piper wondered if the room's temperature controls were broken, because suddenly she couldn't stop shaking. It was the same way she'd felt on the highway outside Topeka. You'd think the giants would use our blood. The blood of two of us. Oh, sorry. One moment. 
I don't know, Percy said. But until we figure it out, I suggest we all try to avoid getting captured. Jason grunted. That I agree with. But how do we figure it out? Hazel asked. The Mark of Athena, the twins, Ella's prophecy? How does it all fit together? Emma pressed her hands against the edge of the table. Piper, you'll tell Leo to set our course for Atlanta. Right, Piper said. Bacchus told me we should seek out. What was his name? Four C's, Percy said. Emma looked surprised, like she wasn't used to her boyfriend having the answers. You know him? Percy shrugged. I didn't recognize the name at first, then Bacchus mentioned Saltwater, and it rang a bell. Forceus is an old sea god from before my dad's time. Never met, uh, met him, but supposedly he's a son of Gaia? I still don't understand and what a sea god would be doing in Antarctica. Leo snorted. What's a wine god doing in Kansas? Gods are weird. Anyway, we should probably reach Atlanta by noon tomorrow, unless something else goes wrong. Don't even say that. It's getting late. We should all get some sleep. Okay. Wait, Piper said. Once more, everyone was looking at her. She was rapidly losing her courage. Wonderful. And she was rapidly losing her courage. Uh, And if her instincts were wrong, but she forced herself to speak. There's one last thing, she said. The Eidolons? The possessing spirits, they're still here in this room. And that's the end of chapter 11. Wow, that was definitely an amazing chapter. I think the fact that we were able to look into Jason and Piper's relationship even more, I feel like the past relationship, past few chapters, we focused a lot on, you know, Percy, Annabeth, um, Frank, and... You know, but we haven't really discussed um, the other characters as much. And I think this was just a chapter that emphasized the relationships and how important it is to keep them. So, yeah, after the break, we'll read chapter 22. And I'll see you guys then. And we're back from the ads, and now we're going to read chapter 12, Piper. Piper couldn't explain how she knew. Stories of phantoms and tortured souls had always freaked her out. Her dad used to joke about your Emperor Tom's Cherokee legends from back on the res. But even at home in their big Malibu mansion looking over the Pacific, whenever her dad recounted the ghost stories for her, she could never get them out of her head. Cherokee spirits were always restless. They often lost their way to the land of the dead or stayed behind with the living out of sheer stubbornness. Sometimes, they didn't even realize they were dead. The more Piper learned about being a demigod, the more convinced she was that she was that Cherokee legends and Greek myths weren't so different. These Eidolons acted a lot like the spirits in her dad's stories. Piper had a gut sense they were still present, simply because nobody, no one had told them to go away. When she was done explaining, the others looked at her uncomfortably. Up on deck, Hedge sang something that sounded like, In the Navy, while Blackjack stomped his hooves, whinnying in protest. Finally, Hazel exhaled. Piper is right. How can you be so sure? Annabeth asked. I've met Eidolons, Hazel said. In the underworld, 
when I was, you know, dead. Piper had forgotten that Hazel was a second timer. In her own way, Hazel too was a ghost reborn. So, Frank rubbed his hand across his buzz cut hair as if some ghosts might have invaded his scalp. You think these things are. These things are lurking on the ship or. Possibly lurking inside some of us, Piper said. We don't know. Jason clenched his fist. If that's true, we have to take steps. Piper said, I think I can do this. Do what? Percy asked. Just listen, okay? Piper took a deep breath. Everybody listen. Piper met their eyes, one person at a time. Eidolons, she said, using her charm speak. Raise your hands. There was tense silence. Leo laughed nervously. <laughs> Did you really think that was going to... His voice died. His face went slack. He raised his hand. Jason and Percy did the same. Their eyes had turned glassy and gold. Hazel caught their breath. Caught her breath. Next to Leo, Frank scrambled out of his chair and put his back against the wall. Oh, gods. Annabeth looked at Piper imploringly. Can you cure them? Piper wanted to whimper and hide under the table. But she had to help Jason. She couldn't believe she'd held hands with... No. She refused to think about it. She focused on Leo before she w- because he was the least intimidating. Are there more of you on the ship? She asked. No. Leo said in a hollow voice, The Earth Mother sent three. The strongest, the best. We will live again. Not here, you won't. Piper growled. All three of you, listen carefully. Jason and Percy turned toward her. Those gold eyes were unnerving. But seeing all three boys like that fueled Piper's anger. You will leave those bodies, she commanded. No, Percy said. Leo left out a soft hiss. We must live. Frank fumbled for his bow. Mars Almighty, that's creepy. Get out of your spirits. Leave our friends alone. Leo turned toward him. You cannot command us, child of war. Your own life is fragile. Your soul could burn at any moment. Piper wasn't sure what that meant, but Frank staggered like he'd been punched in the gut. He drew an arrow, his hand shaking. I... I've faced down worse things than you. If you want to fight, Frank, don't. Hazel rose. Next to her, Jason drew his sword. Stop, Piper ordered, but her voice quavered. She was rapidly losing faith in her plan. She made the Eidolons appear, but what now? If she couldn't persuade them to leave, any bloodshed would be her fault. In the back of her mind, she could almost hear Gaia laughing. Listen to Piper, Hazel pointed at Jason's sword. The gold blade seemed to grow heavy in his hand. It clunk to the table, and Jason sank back into his chair. Percy growled in a very un-Percy-like way. Daughter of Pluto, you may control gems and metals. You do not control the dead. Annabeth reached toward him as if to restrain him, but Hazel waved her off. 
Listen, Eidolons, Hazel said sternly. You do not belong here. I may not command you, but Piper does. Obey her. She turned toward Piper, her expression clear. Try again. You can do this. Piper mustered all her courage. She looked straight at Jason, straight into the eyes of the thing that was controlling him. You will leave those bodies, Piper repeated, even more forcefully. Jason's face tightened, his forehead beaded with sweat. We, we will leave these bodies. You will provow on the river sticks never to return to this ship, Piper continued, and never to possess any member of this crew. Leo and Piper Percy both hissed in protest. You will promise on the river sticks. Piper insisted. A moment of tension. She could feel their wills fighting against hers. Then all three Eidolons spoke in unison. We promise on the river sticks. You are dead, Piper said. We are dead, they agreed. Now leave. All three boys slumped forward. Percy fell face first into his pizza. Percy! Annabeth grabbed him. Piper and Hazel caught Jason's arm as he slipped out of his chair. Leo wasn't so lucky. He fell toward Frank, who made no attempt to intercept him. Leo hit the floor. Ow! He groaned. Are you all, are you all right? Hazel asked. Leo pulled himself up. He had a piece of spaghetti in the shape of a three stuck to his forehead. Did it work? It worked, Piper said, feeling pretty sure she was right. I don't think they'll be back. Jason blinked. Does that mean I can stop getting head injuries now? Piper laughed, exhaling all her nervousness. Come on, lightning boy, let's get you some fresh air. Piper and Jason walked back and forth along the deck. Jason was still wobbly, so Piper encouraged him to wrap his arm around her for support. Leo stood at the helm, conferring with Festus through the intercom. He knew from experience to give Jason and Piper some space. Since the satellite TV was up again, Coach Hedge was in his cabin, happily catching up on his mixed martial arts cage matches. Percy's Pegasus blackjack had flown off somewhere. The other demigods were settling in for the night. The Argo II raced east, cruising several hundred feet above the ground. Below them, small towns passed by like lit-up islands in a dark sea of prairie. Piper remembered last winter, flying Festus the dragon over the city of Quebec. She had never seen anything so beautiful, but felt so happy to have Jason's arms around her. But this was even better. The night was warm. The ship sailed along more smoothly than any than a dragon. Best of all, they were flying away from Camp Jupiter as fast as they possibly could. No matter how dangerous the ancient lands were, Piper couldn't wait to get there. She hoped Jason was right that the Romans wouldn't follow them across the Atlantic. Jason stopped amidships and leaned against the rail. The moonlight turned his blonde hair silver. Thanks, Pipes, he said. You saved me again. He put his arm around her waist. She thought about the day they'd fallen into the Grand Canyon. The first time she'd learned that Jason could control the air. He held her so tightly she could feel his heartbeat. Then they stopped falling and floated in midair. Best boyfriend ever. She wanted to kiss him now, 
but something held her back. I don't know if Percy will trust me anymore, she said. Not after I let him hor- his horse knock him out. Jason laughed. <laughs> don't worry about that. Percy's a nice guy, but I get the feeling he needs a knock on the head every once in a while. You could have killed him. Jason's smile faded. That wasn't me. But I almost let you, Piper said. When Gaia said I had to choose, I hesitated and... She blinked, cursing herself for crying. Don't be so hard on yourself, Jason said. You saved us both. But if two of our crew really have to die, a boy and a girl, I don't accept that. We're going to stop Gaia. All seven of us are going to come back alive. I promise you. Piper wished that he hadn't promised. The word only reminded her of the prophecy of seven. An oath to keep with a final breath. Please, she thought, wondering if her mom, the goddess of love, could hear her. Don't let it be Jason's final breath. If love means anything, don't take him away. As soon as she had made the wish, she felt guilty. How could she stand to see Annabeth in that kind of pain if Percy died? How could she live with herself if any of the seven demigods died? Already, each of them had endured so much. Even the two new Roman kids, Hazel and Frank, who Piper barely knew, felt like kin. At Camp Jupiter, Percy had recounted their trip to Alaska, which sounded as harrowing as anything Piper had experienced. And from the way Hazel and Frank tried to help during the exorcism, she could tell they were brave, good people. The legend that Annabeth mentioned, she said, about the Mark of Athena. Why didn't you want to talk about it? She was afraid Jason might shut her out, but he just lowered his head like he'd been expecting the question. Pipes, I don't know what's true and what's not. That legend, it could be really dangerous. For who? All of us, he said grimly. The story goes that the Romans stole something important from the Greeks back in ancient times when the Romans conquered the Greek cities. Piper waited, but Jason seemed lost in thought. What did they steal? She asked. I don't know, he said. I'm not sure anyone in the Legion has ever known. But according to the story, this thing was taken away to Rome and hidden there. The children of Athena, Greek demigods, have hated us ever since. They're all, they've always stirred up their brethren against the Romans. Like I said, I don't know how much of that is true. But why not just tell Annabeth? Piper asked. She's not going to suddenly hate you. He seemed to have trouble focusing on her. I hope not. But the legend says that the children of Athena have been searching for this thing for millennia. Every generation, a few are chosen by the goddess to find it. Apparently, they're led to Rome by some sign. The mark of Athena. If Annabeth is one of those searchers, we should help her. Jason hesitated. Maybe. When we get closer to Rome, I'll tell her what little I know. Honest. But the story, at least the way I heard it, it claims that if the Greeks ever found what was stolen, they'd never forgive us. They'd destroy the Legion and Rome once and for all. After what Nemesis told Leo about Rome's being, dis- Rome's being destroyed five days from now, Piper studied Jason's face. He was, without a doubt, the bravest person she'd ever known. But she realized he was afraid. This legend 
the idea that it might tear apart their group and level a city absolutely terrified him. Piper wondered what could have been stolen from the Greeks. That would have been so important. She couldn't imagine anything that would make Annabeth suddenly turn vengeful. Then again, Piper couldn't imagine choosing one demigod's life over another. And today, on that deserted road, just for a moment, Gaia had almost tempted her. I'm sorry, by the way, Jason said. Piper wiped the last tear from her face. Sorry for what? It was the Eidolon who attacked. Not about that. The little scar on Jason's upper lip seemed to glow white in the moonlight. She'd always loved that scar. The imperfection made his face much more interesting. I was stupid to ask you to contact Reyna. He said, I wasn't thinking. Oh. Piper looked up at the clouds and wondered if her mother Aphrodite was somehow influencing him. His apology seemed too good to be true. But don't stop, she thought. Really, it's okay. It's just, I've never felt that way toward Reyna, Jason said. So I didn't think about it making you uncomfortable. You've got nothing to worry about, Pipes. I wanted to hate her, Piper admitted. I was so afraid you'd go back to Camp Jupiter. Jason looked surprised. That would never happen, not unless you came with me. I promise. Piper held his hand. She managed to smile, but she was thinking. Another promise... An oath to keep with a final breath. She tried to put those thoughts out of her mind. She knew she should just enjoy this quiet moment with Jason, but as she looked over the side of the ship, she couldn't help remembering how much the prairie at night looked like dark water, like the drowning room she'd seen in the blade of her knife. And that's the end of chapter 12. Pretty, pretty, pretty. This is more, this was definitely a very fascinating a really insightful chapter because we got to see more of what the relationship between piper and jason how that stands because you know we had a whole book that didn't go into details about you know camp half-blood it just was the last book the son of neptune was just on camp jupiter so seeing a little rehash of and seeing the update on how exactly jason and piper's relationship is going it's pretty interesting, and seeing the conversations they're having, it seems a little restrained. I feel like Piper and Jason, they're both holding back something, even though we got to see what Piper's perspective was when she wanted to kiss Jason, but she held back. I'm wondering what is also holding Jason back. What exactly is something that's holding the both of them back from like being disrestrained? It's because, you know, there are probably some factors, but... I guess we'll have to keep finding out about that as we continue reading more into these chapters. Um, but other than that, I think this was a great chapter and great episode. Um, and yeah, if you guys enjoyed this episode, uh, please uh, stay tuned for next for the next episode next week. And if you guys wish to, um, you guys can support me on Patreon. Um, it is totally optional. It is uh, so, but it's just for a little bit of extra support. Um, but other than that, I'll see you guys next week. So until then, stay safe and stay out of boredom.